Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Free to a Good Home. My name is Michael Hing and joining me as always is a man who for some reason couldn't make the podcast last week and so I had to do it with Tom <laughs> Bloody Walker. It's Ben Jenkins. G'day now, Ben. I, I haven't heard that podcast nor will I. Yeah, uh, I want to make that very clear. Don't listen um, to it. I don't listen to podcasts that I'm not on and my own Smart. podcast that I'm not on is no exception. Yeah. Um, well, but it, listeners have described it as extremely upsetting. I bullied uh, Tom into paying me some money uh, that he owed me, and I made him transfer it to me live on air uh, in retaliation. <laughs> he read out a series of my personal details that I then had to painstakingly bleep out of the episode. It was a fucking nightmare. It sounds um, we've we've described episodes with Tom and to a degree also Demi Lardner as mm-hmm. having an itchy energy, <laughs> um, a, a palpably itchy energy. And it, to me, it seems like that was sort of where we were at with that one. Um, our guest today, Ben, is a yeah. man who knows a thing or two about... Uh, would I, I don't know if toxic's the right word, but certainly um, ongoing um, mm-hmm. podcast relationships mm-hmm. where you are just, um, oh boy, are you just, oh God, no, see, tied I think, to someone. It, I think that from what I've heard of Tim mm-hmm. and Guy's podcast, which is actually one of the only podcasts I do listen to that I'm not in, sure. but I, I, I edit myself in there saying, ah, good one, guys. Um, <laughs> Just so I can keep that rule, but mm-hmm. to me, Tim and Guy actually seem, unlike you and I, to be to be quite close friends still, regardless Insane. of the of Insane. the amount of pod they've done. But it's Guy Montgomery. Welcome back to Free Good Home. Hey, Guy. I, hello, Guy Montgomery. Hello, Michael Hing. Hello, Ben Jenkins, and hello to the ghost of Tom Walker, <laughs> whose spirit haunts every episode of the podcast. Um, uh, Tim and I are—we're uh, certainly friendly. <laughs> I listened to, I, I was just flicking through some, uh, for people who don't know, Guy's podcast with Tim uh, Bat. It's very, very funny. It's called The Worst Idea of All Time. I was flicking back through some episodes recently. Um, just just sometimes sometimes I go for a walk and I just like to listen to my friends that I, that I haven't seen in a while. Nice. And I heard, a po- I heard an episode of your podcast where you and Tim, I think, climbed a tree, did some acid, and then the wonderful New Zealand comedian Angela Dravid was on the ground, um, I think, uh, telling you you were doing a good job and also occasionally asking you to come down from there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was a, that wasn't, uh, that's technically not canon, but we did do a mini series called Podcast in a Tree, where we climbed <laughs> uh, a handful of different trees around Auckland and we would have recurring segments like Drugs in a Tree or Sandwich in a Tree. And uh-huh. then, of course, the famous segment, Podcast in a Tree, Guest on the Ground. <laughs> um, Guy, how are you? How's New Zealand? Um, uh, you've got a comedy special that's just come out. Yeah, I do. I, I, did, I released a, uh, my show from this year on Bandcamp because, can you imagine this, Michael? Mm-hmm. I was going to tour it. I was going to perform it in different parts of New Zealand. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Then, in, a, in a room with several other people. That's right. And then in August, someone from Australia visited New Zealand <laughs> and they got one person in New Zealand sick. Uh-huh. And then that one person in New Zealand got other people sick. And then the government said, hey, Back in. (laughs) And now, 83 days later, in Uh Auckland, we are still back in. So are you like in in proper don't leave your house lockdown? um, Yeah, what we pride ourselves on, some of the most stringent and (laughs) um, sort of obscurely timed lockdowns in the world. So yeah, basically, I feel like we saw everyone else finishing, wrapping up their lockdowns and sort of... um, getting back to it and we said i don't know if we had enough medicine 
<laughs> and so we all just decided quite late in the piece back in. Uh-huh. Uh, so the rest of the country, um, they don't. They're they're more or less living pretty freely. Oh, There's so a it's few just restrictions. Auckland. Just in Auckland, Oof. which is where you are. Which is where I am. <laughs> is, is, uh, is Auckland your hometown? Hometown? Like, is it where you grew up? No, or? no, no. Could you no. retreat to? Could you retreat to elsewhere, or you're not allowed? Uh, not without drawing the ire of my country folk. <laughs> well, guy, it's it's. Uh, I, I, people should go out and watch your stand-up comedy special because they can find it on your Twitter. Um, they should go and watch it because obviously you have no other income, I imagine, right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, do I do? I, the lucrative guest spots on Free to a Good Home are well, tiding me over. <laughs> I was gonna say that just by just just in the three minutes this podcast has been going, I do sense a rapid mental deterioration of yours um, since the last time we spoke, guy. And I do worry genuinely that um, you won't recover from this. And so the comedy special you recorded, uh, whatever was it, back in May or whatever, yeah, that could yeah. be the last good joke you ever tell. Uh, it's a beautiful thought. Um, <laughs> it's actually. It's it's audio only, so you don't even get to watch me. But you can, I could, you know, if you want to, I could mock up a little slideshow. And um, if you if you buy it on the back of listening to Free to a Good Home, just send me a message on Bandcamp saying Free to a Good Home, and I'll send you the slideshow that you can watch. <laughs> I, I think that's the I think that's the least you can do. And uh, in in response to your idea, I mean, yes, there has been a mental deterioration, uh-huh. and yes. In my own warped lockdown brain right now, I don't associate that with how I will be once the lockdown finishes, Mm -hmm. even though it is all my one existence on earth. I somehow separate this time and like, you know, the processes, I sort of, you know, like I get to the end of a day now and I'm like, ah, yes, another one in the can. (laughs) But (laughs) that's my fucking life I'm talking about. Uh, well, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast, guy. Um, and it's 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 a delight to be here. So thank you, um, Ben. There's something yes. I wanted to bring up with you. Go on. Uh, the, I think a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, you were informing me about a craze that was sweeping the internet. Um, these were this is what I, in our episode with uh, Ben Lee, singer songwriter Ben Lee, a couple mm-hmm. of weeks back. Can now. I? Can I? Sorry, just as an insert to this, mm-hmm. I know that I've had a big turn talking. No, no. Is Ben Lee? Mm-hmm. Australian musical icon Ben Lee is he like inserting himself into the Australian comedy circuit right well, look, now? It's I, not clear why yeah. this is happening, but I'm not going to say I'm not glad it is. It's honestly <laughs> incredible. It's quite funny because so so like you know obviously what probably about twenty three twenty five years ago he was you know the biggest Australian um, like alt music act or whatever. Um, and then he had a career of maybe 15 years after that where he was releasing hit after hit after hit, kind of yeah. went away for a bit, um, was doing other projects and whatnot. And it's just, I think, I think what happened was he's releasing an album this year. So he did, so his manager or publicist was like, Hey, you've been away for a while. The game's changed. Mm-hmm. Um, now you don't have to go and do radio shows. Now you got to do, go and do a podcast. And I think what he's done is been like, all right, I will do literally any podcast, including ours, which was lovely. <laughs> yeah. He, but he seems like he's loving it. Like he's yeah. just fucking around everywhere he goes. He's great. I mean, he's I'm, great fun. I may be, I may be, uh, being too generous on ourselves here, but I also feel like it might be a kind of 
Because I don't think anybody really enjoys doing publicity for their albums or their or their mm. movies or whatever. It seems like a special kind of hell. Mm. Um, whenever you like watch what those junkets with uh, with movie people, yeah, where they're answering the same questions uh, like back to back for like days um, and having to like to like pretend that that's the first time they've been asked if there were any hijinks on set or whatever. <laughs> I think it would like send you a really specific kind of mad. But I think. I think people like Ben Lee, or maybe just specifically Ben Lee, has mm-hmm. discovered that he can he can do all the obligations to his label in terms of uh, publicity while just fucking around with some dipshits. <laughs> 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 I think and he's found a great. little hack. Yeah, um, heads off to the guy. Well, in that episode with Ben Lee, Ben, you yeah. talked to me and you told mm-hmm. us, both myself and our listeners and Ben and Ben Lee, singer-songwriter Ben Lee, mm-hmm. you told us about the, the metal tungsten and how it was being formed into, uh, fashioned into surprisingly heavy cubes. Yeah, now I knew none of this. All I knew is that I didn't even know if it was, if it was made out of tungsten, if I'm cor- recalling correctly. I may, right. have, I may have suggested that that was, a, that was a metal that they could have used. But uh, no, I was just saying that I was getting advertised on all of my social media mm. um, to buy uh, heavy cubes. Uh, Guy, have you seen these ads for surprisingly heavy cubes? Little, little cubes of metal that are heavy? I've not, but I'm researching them as we talk. <laughs> okay, so well, so so basically, um, you can buy a cube of tungsten now. Now, because I love trinkets, Ben, um, I went and looked up these tungsten cubes, um, and th- th- there's a there's a place called Midwest Tungsten that mm-hmm. sells them. Right now, how much how much would you pay for a tungsten cube, Ben? Well, Michael, I wouldn't. Uh, as somebody who's been given the opportunity to to buy a surprisingly heavy cube. Mm-hmm. Whenever I log onto Instagram and and has yet to purchase a, he- a surprisingly heavy cube, I think you and I both know the answer to that is no money. Sure, okay. I have w- been given the opportunity and I've passed up on it. I've so a a, a one inch by one inch cube, a, a one by one by one inch cube is going to cost you about ninety nine dollars, ninety nine yeah, US that's, dollars. That's shy of a hundred. How yep. what, what? So the whole thing with these cubes is that they're. Heavy, deceptively heavy. Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. The whole point of it is, you look at it and you go, "I reckon that'd be quite light." Then you pick it up and you go, "Oh, that's a bit heavier than I thought." But if they're marketed as deceptively heavy, then the deception is removed, and you're now, just now buying guy, a small, heavy cube. Guy, I, I, you, you've you've hit upon what I think is the is the fundamental problem with these surprisingly heavy cubes. Because if anything, if anything, you're probably going to over egg the pudding in your head and think mm. that this cube is going to be. <laughs> Crazy! It's like when somebody's like, "Hey, guess how much this uh, these shoes cost?" And you're like, "Fuck, I don't know." And you don't you don't want to be like, you don't want to highball or lowball it because that's going <laughs> to disappoint them. I hate this game. Oh, it's, it's so like, bad. And then and then when you try and go, I don't know, man, tell me, and they go, "No, guess, guess." Like that's where I go. Actually, fuck you. This conversation's over. And I push them over. Um, well, there's been an update on the cube front. Uh huh. It's not that just before anyone jumps the gun. It's not that I've bought a cube. I have not bought a cube. Um, but you have your spinning top guy. I don't know. I don't know if you listen to this podcast much or you see Michael's Twitter or any of his other social media stuff. But Michael, for a long time, has wanted to mm. buy a very expensive spinning top guy. You across this? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm not across it, but I'm not surprised. <laughs> So you know how Jay we'll, Leno we'll, we'll, and Jerry we'll get Seinfeld to my spinning top. We'll get to my spinning sort top. Of classic cars. <laughs> Michael, who has long been the Aldi Jay Leno, uh, yeah, 
Okay, we'll get well, to your spinning top. We'll but get to I, my spinning I feel top like later. These are in the same ballpark. They are. They are. We'll talk about the spinning top in a second. But they do but... totally different things. <laughs> yes. I mean, you can't spin a cube, can you? You can't spin a cube. All Not right. at that weight. I've. <laughs> I've put a link in the Zoom chat for you both to look okay. at. This has been sent in by about a dozen different people. There's been an update to surprisingly heavy cubes. Uh, this is an article taken from Vice. Um, and the article is basically about how crypto investors uh, are spending up to $250,000 to touch, just to touch, a 2,000 pound, which is just under a ton, tungsten cube once a year. So here's how this works, right? The, the people who make the cubes that I was just referencing before, the $100 uh, scam money artists. Cubes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Criminals. <laughs> they have, uh, they're selling an NFT, right? Yeah. And the NFT was, uh, was, was listed on something called OpenSea, and you could bid to touch the cube. Now, I know uh, about OpenSea. That's where everybody's buying those pictures of apes. Yes, yeah. It's all very bad. This is, <laughs> this is like, this. all of this makes me feel... It's so hopelessly out of touch because it makes me so unreasonably angry. <laughs> yes, but guy, you're in lockdown. You don't know what the rest of the world's doing, you know? Oh, we're once, all about touching cubes. Once, once, you get out of lockdown. <laughs> once Auckland comes out of lockdown, you'll want to touch a cube as well. I understand yeah. that from the you're not allowed to leave your home. So the idea of touching a cube fills you with dread and fear and yeah. sadness. But as soon as you're able, but guy, you imagine, word, word to the wise here as someone who's been through a comparable lockdown. Uh, don't start with the really heavy cubes touching. Touch a cube of a, of a, of a non-confronting weight. Okay. Uh, and then lest you go... Work your way up. Lest you go mad in a kind of Lovecraftian sense. Okay. Uh, but yeah, uh, Michael, what the fuck is happening? So, the, so it, there's a 907 kilogram cube that they've made, just under a ton, a metric ton of cube. What? A cube? Just under a ton. That's the, that's, this is the cube you can... You can, that, you well, can that is surprisingly heavy. Even no. with all the... Even with all the preamble, even yeah. with all the pri- how big is this cube? It, it is f- about fifteen inches in in diameter, in in uh, side to side to side. So like thirty centimeters. Oh, I guess, okay. No, I that. that's a that's a heavy cube. I mean, have been- these people heard of like boulders <laughs> or rocks? <laughs> Shut up, guy! <laughs> it's cube time now. But actually, actually, guy does make. A point here, which mm-hmm. is like once, once a cube becomes unliftable, right? Mm-hmm. So once, uh, what's that? That's like for the average person when you really put your back into it, hundred kilos, something like that. Yeah, hundred, sure. hundred ten kilos, hundred fifty kilos. I think we we might be overestimating <laughs> our strength here. Hundred kilos is heavy. <laughs> So nah. right. As soon as I said that, I was like, wait a fucking second. That's so heavy. If you, if you, but okay. If you gave me a hundred kilo cube with good padded handles uh-huh. and an afternoon, I yeah. think, I think, and you left me in a room with it. I think it would, it, I could at the very least make it. So it was in a different place to where you left it. Yeah. I imagine you could deadlift a hundred kilos, Ben. I, I, I believe. <laughs> okay. Well, in any case, what I'm saying is, there's a point of diminishing returns on on these on these cubes because once you can't lift it, it doesn't matter how much more heavy it is. Like there's no material difference that you will be able to feel from a hundred and let's say the ceiling's 110 from a 111 kilo cube mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. a 20 ton cube. Yeah, you yeah. wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah, it's diminishing returns. 
But, not even um, diminishing returns, Michael. It falls off zero a cliff. Returns. <laughs> <laughs> but Ben, I think you are. I think you are misunderstood. I think the the surprisingly heavy nature of the cubes mm-hmm. is mute now. It's moot. It's it's okay. no longer the relevant factor. Okay. Um, the cubes now represent uh-huh. um, a. I guess a. That what the, the the cubes now represent success is what's mm-hmm. happened. The they've gone from cubes. they've gone they've gone from being the kind of thing that you hold in your hand and go, oh, it's a bit heavy, to being a status symbol for crypto bros. And this happened very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> but do you know what I like about the current time that we mm-hmm. live in? Mm-hmm. I was thinking about this the other day, because guy, I have a similar um sort of almost visceral visceral kind of nausea whenever I read about NFTs. And part of it is I don't understand what's happening here and that makes me angry yeah. and frightened. Um, of course. But at least at least some of it is like you you try and understand something for so long and then you have your like eureka moment which is like oh this is as stupid as it seems. Mm. And then that is at in in one sense quite clarifying because you don't feel stupid anymore, but in another sense sends you into an entirely like horrible tailspin. Because you now understand the thing, but it's still happening. Yeah. What I like about it, guys, what I, what I like about it is basically ever since we've had money, or basically since ever, ever since we've been sort of assigning value to things, there has been stupid bullshit that we assign ridiculous value to. And like yes. now in like, in like the, the modern era, a lot of like things that are bought and sold are like abstract um, mm-hmm. uh just basically abstract concepts. It's not even like I'm I'm uh, buying shares or futures in sorghum or whatever. Like the thing that I might sell might be a bet on another guy who thinks that sorghum prices will fall, but they'll actually rise. And then that has a domino effect that means I get money. And I trade that with somebody mm-hmm. and they buy that bet on a bet on a bet on a, on a, on a crop that I didn't even know what it looked like. What the fuck is sorghum? But they buy that off me. And that is treated with respect, but it's basically the exact same thing as a really heavy cube or a picture of a monkey. And what I like about NFTs is that it says the quiet part loud now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Just on the point of them being a status symbol and no longer about the fun guessing game of weight. (laughs) This is from an article uh, about this, about this one ton cube that's being sold. Um, why are traders so fascinated by these metal cubes? Um, Florida lawyer Drew Morris, mm-hmm. who works at a blockchain intelligence company, mm-hmm. bought his one and a half inch cube, um, which which I'm just looking up now is about two hundred US dollars. He spent two hundred dollars mm-hmm. on a US cube. Um, Morris bought his uh, one and a half inch cube after friends discovered this trend. He said he found the density quote mind blowing, and this is the quote <laughs> that I think will keep me up at night as long as I live. He writes. He says. I keep it on my desk, talking about the cube, I keep the cube on my desk as a reminder of what motivates me. Keep going. Keep working, said Mr. Morris. Mm -hmm. One day, I'll be able to upgrade to a larger size cube. (laughs) (laughs) But again, this is what I mean. It's saying the quiet part loud. Like, there's, there's no material difference. Between this and being like, I can have a nicer car or I mm. can just accumulate more things. I mean, sure, you can sit in a nice car and there are like some... You can record a podcast yeah. in a car you if can, you need to, Ben. But 
really what it boils down to is a status symbol. So if we really are just boiling it right down to just heavier and heavier small cubes... Uh, it's tough to... I mean, I think maybe a car was the wrong analogy because <laughs> in, I, I don't even like nice cars, but they do go places. Um, another, another funny quote from this, um, from this article... Uh, Mr. Uh, another person that quoted, uh, Mr. Agrawal, who's quoted in this article, says, "I'm probably going to be buried with my cube. Yeah, it'll so. be like a it'll be like a pharaoh buried with his possessions. So the cube will have a place of honor. These people have lost their minds. I really hope he's not being buried by weight. I don't know if that's how it works <laughs> where in that part of the world, but that's gonna be putting a thumb on the scale, so to speak, <laughs> for the." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the old Undertaker. <laughs> I don't. Now that I've said that, goof. I don't think there's probably a system where people are charged buried. by weight to be buried. No, no. I think, I think there, I think there is, or there will be soon. Yeah, you know, business idea. Some opportunist who just drops it in and out of free to a good home's going to hear that. Mm-hmm. Well, copyright, I, copyright. It's all like, yeah. I just feel like, mm-hmm. unless it's. It's rooted in... Re- I just don't understand anything. I already didn't understand anything before like cryptocurrency and NFTs were introduced. I have trouble understanding like spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. Okay. You- well, well, Guy, can I, can I offer you something that is slightly more practical then than a slightly heavy cube? I'm not looking to buy something. Which I'm is? looking for comfort. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this will comfort you because I recently purchased a spinning top uh-huh. Several weeks ago, and it took about oh, two months or so to get to me. But I have received said spinning top. It and is you're already trying to unsell it. <laughs> and guy, look, I paid several hundred dollars for this spinning top. And now, <laughs> now, why did I do that? It's because it was coloured blue, and that's my favourite colour. And I yeah. thought it would be fun to own a blue titanium spinning top. We've spoken about this before, but but Hing is in many ways a bowerbird. <laughs> <laughs> I um anyway uh it finally arrived it arrived um it was much smaller than I imagined oh, it no. was it, I thought small spinning tops <laughs> <laughs> it was also it was much smaller and much lighter than I imagined because um uh, titanium is, is I found yeah. out a very light metal <laughs> famously this is uh this is like what happens when you order your you know your your expensive titanium blue spinning top, and uh-huh. then you spend the two months waiting for postage, reading about these deceptively heavy cubes. <laughs> it just totally undercuts <laughs> all of the genuine excitement that you have had towards your product. Now, the here's cube the is up- always heavier on the other side, as <laughs> the famous fable goes. Here is here is the problem, though. Uh-huh. It turns out that um, I'm not dexterous enough to successfully <laughs> spin the top. The the top is so small that I think it was I think it was specifically made for a child's hands, perhaps. Oh man, what kind of child's getting a three hundred dollars spinning top? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, plus it's it's four hundred bucks when he gets the, the spinning base. But I, I have see the thing. I, I have a lot of I have a lot. I have quite a bit of like I guess like hand strength because of years of playing the piano and whatnot. But yes, yeah, that's, that's not why. gonna. The finger strength is not gonna. That's not gonna help you with the spinning but of a top. You're also quite dexterous because of your little video games. Yeah, and yet, yeah. and yet, Ben, the, the the top is too small. I think. I think. I think. Do you have the top here? Can our listeners at least listen to you spin it? Because I feel like this has been a long time coming. No, that that, that, that that'll have to wait for another episode because oh I. Oh God! What have you done? <laughs> He's taken it down to the mechanics to get a bigger <laughs> handle put on it. <laughs> 
I, <laughs> I was on. Fr- I I had it delivered to work, mm-hmm. and yeah, on, you on want fr- everyone. You want everyone to take part in this. <laughs> well, because I'd, I'd been talking about it on radio a fair bit. Um, perhaps in con- perhaps um, perhaps in contravention of, of um, certain ABC editorial policies. Mm-hmm. But I was talking a lot about this spinning top. And uh, on Friday night, after I had a good spin of it, or was trying to have a good spin of it, I was, I was unable to do it. Um, and I, was, I kept spinning it. It just kept flying off the desk. And I was like, what the fuck is... Why isn't this top working? Why can't I spin the top? Did you give it to anyone else to try? Yeah, no, everyone else could spin the top really well. Um, oh, it was just no. a cursed item. I was genuinely... And I know like, I, get, I get angry about things in like, a funny way sometimes. I, I got to stress, this was not a bit. I was uh-huh. so mad at myself and the top. I was so disappointed in myself that I left the top at work and was like, I need some separation from the top. So I have not brought it home, now, um, Michael, which is where I'm recording. Sp- ever, ever since you've started this quest for your spinning top, we have mm-hmm. been mentioning the 2000 and something uh, Christopher Nolan film Inception, mm-hmm. uh, where I would say it's probably the most famous spinning top in all of pop culture happy to be corrected there but that mm-hmm. is that is my thinking especially mm-hmm. given that the one that you've looked because you've sent me several photographs of the top <laughs> in anticipation of its arrival it looks very similar to the one that Leonardo DiCaprio spins yeah although mine is blue his isn't blue yeah yeah absolutely yeah. you have pointed that out to me before as, as well which is Leo, Leo, Leo's one isn't blue so no it's not blue and that's why his probably didn't cost 300 300 US dollars but given that the purpose of that totem in Inception is to see if you're dreaming or not. Mm-hmm. And given that everybody else around you seems to be able to spin this top except for you, mm-hmm. does this give you any kind of pause in re your reality? reality? <laughs> <laughs> I will say, Ben, just to remind you again, his is metallic in colour. It's not blue. And I also okay. don't think his like just flies off the table if he's dreaming. I think it doesn't stop spinning if he's dreaming. Can so I... if anything, you're too awake. <laughs> so... Previously, I've guested on this podcast and you go through sort of funny <laughs> editorials. Is, is, that, is this now just like the slow mental disintegration of hang? Yep. <laughs> yep, basically. That's, that takes up about half the podcast. And then if we get to ads, we get to ads. But speaking of ads, I don't have mm-hmm. one, but I do have text on the internet. Guys, since you last, um, since you last joined us, uh, our podcasts, uh, well, I suppose the purview of our podcast has widened mm-hmm. from uh, ads, from classifieds to just text on the internet. Great. Um, and I've got one here. Uh, I don't, I, it was sent in by a listener mm-hmm. who in some ways is all our listeners. Because but you I can't didn't, remember you didn't write name. down their name? No. So in some ways though, this is one for everyone who sent one in. You know what okay. I mean? This one, yeah, this one counts for everyone. A pretty, pretty ham-fisted effort at a PR exercise. And <laughs> <laughs> you being a good person there, Ben. Now, also, Michael, I don't know if you have read this on any of the traitor casts where mm-hmm. uh, I wasn't here. So stop me if you have. But this is from a little corner of the internet guy that uh, is on Reddit called Relationship Advice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, 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 the title is... I told my boyfriend that there's a small chance that mermaids might exist and he insulted me. <laughs> now, I don't actually... This is relationship advice, but as as you'll see, uh, 
there's actually no explicit call for advice here. I think it's mm-hmm. more just a general kind of this is the situation if you'd like to weigh in. Well, it's an outstanding conversational prompt, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so my boyfriend and I were FaceTiming and I casually brought up the topic of mermaids. I uh-huh. told him, I think there might be a slight chance that mermaids may be real because we only know 5% of the ocean, uh, which might be true, Mm -hmm. uh, and don't know what the rest 70% has. Now, straight away, (laughs) I don't know what's happened to the other 25%. Yeah, you're missing a quarter of the ocean there. It's possible that she meant to say we only know... no, it's not because that doesn't add up. I, I think I think what it is is we only know five percent. We don't know seventy percent. It implies that we are currently actively exploring twenty five percent of the ocean right now. Okay, <laughs> that's yeah. It's that makes sense. It's like pomodoros for ocean exploration. <laughs> you got to break it down into digestible chunks. There and are, it, I feel like James Cameron is spearheading this entire yeah, operation. Yeah. James so Cameron himself is exploring about a quarter of the world's um, aquatic surface as we speak. So let's just break it down in a in a verbal pie chart. There's a sliver mm-hmm. of 5% of the ocean that we mm-hmm. are, we have covered. We know all yeah, about that. Yeah, we know all We've about that. We've locked it off. Yep. The secrets are not safe from us. That, but we, that, and that, I imagine, includes fish mm-hmm. and sharks. Well, I think it's probably, it's probably the, the beach. beach. Yeah, mm-hmm. the beach. Oh, the beach is like one of the ocean's worst kept secrets. Do you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, we got out on the beach early. Yeah. (laughs) Then there's the 70%, God knows what. And that's where she's saying there could be mermaids in this this particular area. And then Mm -hmm. there's the 25% that James Cameron is currently exploring. Those are the slivers of our pie. Yeah. Okay, great. I I just... I really like that James Cameron... I know that he's different from, say, your tech billionaires who are all obsessed with space. Mm. But I do like this point of separation between the ultra-wealthy where like a lot of people are like, it's going to be space. And then James Cameron's like, but it could be the sea. <laughs> <laughs> he's really gone all in on the sea. And also like what I respect about James Cameron is that this isn't like a late-in-life thing. Like he has mm. been obsessed. Like I, I now believe that he makes movies so he can buy more submarines, and that has always <laughs> been the case. Well, isn't that the kind of th- that, that we assume that anyone in the create who's um, anyone who has had success in the creative mm-hmm. industries, we assume that that's been their passion. But it's quite funny to imagine that in the way that some people have a day job, like working as an accountant, in order to fund their lifestyle, doing stand up comedy, for example. Sure. In that way, James Cameron has a day job as an Academy Award-winning movie director in order to fund his actual passion, which is little submarines exploring most of the ocean. He's got to trudge off to the Avatar factory to sort of spit out some more fucked-up blue creatures so he can... uh... That's why, like, wasn't Avatar 2 meant to be released 10 years ago? Yeah. But, you know, he's not going to put all of his effort into his fucking side hustle. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. <laughs> so there's more to this. Mm-hmm. There, uh, she, she, or it could, it, could be, it could be he, actually. Mm-hmm. There are millions of creatures we don't know about. 
And there have been many reported sightings of mermaids. I know mermaids might be fake. I never said I believe they're real. However, (laughs) my boyfriend got defensive and said I don't have logic and that I am not smart. I feel insulted. I think he was out of line and harsh. I was just trying to make conversation. Huh. So again, there's no explicit call to advice there, but I think what this poster is after is some sort of adjudication about that. Well, um, do we think the boyfriend... I mean, it, it's the word defensive that um, kind of uh, like leaps out at me there. Do we think the boyfriend <laughs> was potentially covering for some sort of government program that they knew about, a top-secret mermaid knowledge? I mean, I do have to say that defensiveness is strange. That leapt out at me as well. That, that I mean, look, saying somebody is... is Saying somebody who who's put out the steps with all the maths and all the mm-hmm. all the accounting in place mm-hmm. and said, look, knowing this, based it's on these numbers, it's, it's possible. possible. For you to say they don't have logic, first of all... Seems counterfactual. Say what you want about this person. They clearly have logic mm-hmm. and that they're not smart. That's... Quite uncomplicated, though, I think, an asshole move. Mm. I'd like to I'd like to hope that the three of us can agree on that. Yeah. But to get defensive takes it from being an asshole move to being what I would term suspicious. The the most uh Occam's razor sort of response would be this guy's fucking a mermaid. <laughs> oh, he's cheating on her with a mermaid. Cheating he's got a side piece in the Well, sea. like defensiveness usually comes from a place of um guilt. Yeah, guilt. <laughs> And so he's like, they're doing long distance, they're on FaceTime. He's probably, you know, just finished wiping the fish slime off his <laughs> cock. And then his girlfriend's on the phone being like, hey, I reckon mermaids are real. And this guy's like, they're fucking not. They're fucking not. Ignore those How bubbles. would you even have Ignore sex the- with one? How would you? Exactly. You don't have logic. You're How, would you even have se- yeah, yeah, yeah. How would you even have sex with their beautiful slimy tails? <laughs> hmm? How would you even unhook a clamshell brassiere? <laughs> <laughs> How would you? It'd be impossible. You don't have logic and you're stupid. I think we're yet to discover the the, the little fucked up guys that live in the sea. I think that's going to yeah. be a brand new... Fr- Once we get the proper... I don't know what's stopping us. I imagine it's very difficult to get down there. I think it, yeah, I think it's water I pressure. Don't claim, I, Michael, I, I don't claim to be James Cameron. I've never claimed to be the James Cameron of podcasting, and you do well to remember that. I'm very, I go into my lack of submarine knowledge with my eyes wide open. But mm. having said that, I don't know why we can't spend more time looking for fucked up little guys down there. Because I'm not the James Cameron of podcasting. I'm something of the Cameron James of podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, right, that's I Alexi think Tolliopolis. that, um. yeah, yeah. Here's the thing: I think most of the things we don't know about the mm-hmm. sea are in the very depths of the mm-hmm. sea, the very, very, very depths of the sea, like the lowest bits. The I don't know the Mari- Mariana Trench or whatever it's called. That thing. I think it's all the Mariachi Trench. Mariachi Trench. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the, but but can you when, imagine the fanfare when you get down <laughs> into the Mariachi <laughs> Trench? Um, but I will say that the 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 class of oh, sorry the, the the poster talks about how there've been heaps and heaps of mermaids mermaid sightings over time. Yeah. That's now, true. That is like sailors have mm-hmm. throughout recorded history said they've seen mm-hmm. mermaids. 
Yeah, but those moment, those mermaid sightings aren't in the bits we haven't explored. That's, they're mostly in the bits we have explored, which is not up the top. You're absolutely correct, because these weren't... They're on the top these level. Weren't, these weren't subnautical submarines. Uh, yeah, these, these were, were... So, and, and, and... Exactly. And most people who... Most historians agree mm-hmm. that when sailors were talking about mermaids, mm-hmm. they were actually... Talking, they were actually talking about dugongs, and this or is puzzling to me because I've heard that also. Mm. And I now, yeah, guy mm. Montgomery, yes. would you fuck a dugong? <laughs> uh, it's not an immediate no. Eighty days of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, I suppose there's more context required. Mm-hmm. Um, you're a, you're a sea captain or a first mate. You're a ranking officer, though. In yeah. Her Majesty's Navy. Why does yeah, why is his rank important here? What, what's I'm just giving it. It's just color and shade. I'm just giving him a. I'm just giving him some um a, a specific scenario. Well, the year is seventeen uh-huh. uh, twenty five, uh-huh. I guess. Sure. And guy, you've been at sea for I don't know. Let's say eight months. Uh-huh. And then what happens? No, what then I... what happens, Michael? Because you need to. <laughs> you need to like. Because if he's gonna leap off, if if there's a, if a, if a uh-huh. dugong sticks its comely little head out of the water, and uh-huh. and says, "Come hither, first mate, Guy Montgomery," mm. or Captain Guy Montgomery, I don't think I just don't see it. But uh, <laughs> are you you'll never make captain. Well, not, not if all the men see him fucking a, mer- uh, a dugong. Are you saying the guy... That might be just the thing to galvanise the crew. <laughs> yeah, the morale, the morale is low. Mutiny is, is in the air. Uh, yeah. This is... Guy's election campaign for captain is... Remember, remember that time I fucked a dugong? Yeah, man, we were yeah. not into that. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I become captain, I promise not to fuck any more dugongs. <laughs> So is it is it is this scenario, Michael, that there are uh, there may be in the doldrums in that the ship isn't moving? They've been a s- no. It's the it's it, they're just on an intrepid exp- no, expedition through no, the South yeah, Seas, I, and you've got to. You, uh, I've never claimed to be the Horatio Hornblower of of podcasting, Michael, <laughs> but I do know a thing Jeez, or two duty. about sailing uh, the 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 seas, and there is a point at which you can get into where there's no wind. And you're just you're just waiting for wind to so that's when boredom and mutiny and uh, and you know sometimes some real peril sets in. Yeah, uh, is it that scenario where he can leap off the boat, he can have his tryst with the dugong, and then leap back mm-hmm. onto the boat, uh, or without without any danger been... of being left behind? Sure, 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 sure. It has been eight months at sea. Sure, or whatever. How long? Yeah. They arrive in the. They've been sailing through the Southern Ocean. Suddenly, they see an island. Uh-huh. The first island, the first land they've seen in uh-huh. months. They decide to anchor up on that uh-huh. island. Anchor up? I don't know. Whatever. While exploring this uh-huh. island, which is otherwise there are no people on this uh-huh. island, Guy Montgomery, a very tired, very scurvy-ridden uh-huh. Guy Montgomery, comes across a dugong. It's important for me to know how long did we spend looking for people? <laughs> <laughs> are we? A hundred percent sure. Yeah, yeah, like the definitely no people. <laughs> what do you reckon? Like forty-five minutes? Yeah, like, oh, we we. Did we walk along one stretch of beach and go hello? <laughs> All right, I'm fucking a duke. <laughs> Where is he? Because I I I have a suspicion, Michael, that that you wouldn't get a dugong mm. in an inland 
uh, freshwater situation. I'm pretty sure they're no, no. It's an island. Uh, let, let's. I'll, I'll just Google it. Where do dugongs live? This, I think they live kind yeah. of. I think they live a lot, a lot, a lot of different places. Oh no, that you'll see them according to this map, which I've just. You'll you'll see them uh, uh, throughout the Pacific quite a bit, uh-huh. actually, sort of around the equator. Okay. I, I thought they were. I assumed they were um, uh, Antarctic creatures, but it turns out they're. No, you sort couldn't of, be more wrong. Yeah, Australia, um, you know, the Philippines, uh-huh. um, Indonesia, that kind of area, um, all through the Pacific as well. You're saying you got dugongs in Australia and yes. you're running this hypothetical <laughs> scenario past the New Zealander to see whether or not it's all good. <laughs> so, Guy, you've, you, you've searched the beach. It's been 45 minutes. There's no yeah. signs of human Not life. a lot. Not okay. a lot of signs of human Not life. a lot. You know... You, you, <laughs> I mean, what is this? Is like one jelly sandal? Yeah. <laughs> you found... <laughs> You found you found one campsite mm-hmm. that was that was that was had been left several weeks mm-hmm. ago. Uh, so the the you know the remnants of a. And fire you find there. like a pretty busy shopping center, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's not as busy as you'd expect for like a Sunday afternoon. So <laughs> yeah, there's a okay. football match, etc. And there's then you go to an abandoned um, aquarium. <laughs> 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 and the dugong says. I'm a person. <laughs> a curse was a curse was laid on me many years ago. Michael, do you my do name, you have an, My name is James Cameron. <laughs> do you have an ad to read us, Michael Hing? Yes, I do. This was. And let me just get it up. <clears throat> it's me. I've got a really. Uh, I've got. I've got a real frog in my throat today, everyone. I better than a dugong in your dick. No, well that'll be cut, <laughs> so we can all just move on with that. No, ones. no, we'll keep that in. <laughs> I'll keep that in. You're editing this yeah. one, I bet. No. <laughs> Uh, yes, this one. Oh, hang on. Let me get it up. Sorry, everyone. Um, when do you, when do you have to go? Uh, just after 11. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, I think this is the one. Sorry. I've just got to find it. Yep. Okay. Uh, let me save it and send it to you guys. Oh, and I'll just yeah, read it out. Use okay. your words. This one is taken from uh, the United States of America. Ever heard of it? Mm. Uh, it is from the area of Chicago to New Orleans. We've got some listeners wow. in Chicago. I don't know about... Oh, we have at least mm-hmm. one listener in New Orleans. It's, what, it's, it's from that entire stretch of America. Yes, from Chicago, Incredible. which I think is in Illinois, to New Orleans, which I think is in oh, Louisiana. Louisiana, yeah. yeah. It's, it's great that... Uh, a submission to Free to a Good Home has managed to sort of unite that massive stretch of... <laughs> All right. Looking for New Orleans' most amazing tour guide? Question mark. So this is for people who are after a tour guide in New, or- in, in New Orleans. Heading to New Orleans on vacation soon or looking for a good excuse to go? Bachelor party? Girls weekend away? Want to make your trip extra memorable? Well, book yourself New Orleans' greatest guided walking tour, possibly the greatest in the world. After four years of college down here in Tulane and three more years as a day drinker, you have the opportunity to see the streets through the eyes of someone who nearly... Uh, sorry. <clears throat> you, have the, you have the opportunity to see the streets through the eyes of someone who has lived here for almost seven years. Want to learn something about New Orleans' history? Consider it done. It won't always be true, but it will be entertaining. Want to see the best places to grab a hot dog or urinate in public? Done. Want to see the bullet hole in the passenger side of my? Want to see the bullet hole in the passenger side of my car and learn how I got it? I'm your guy. 
I offer an array of packages that start at a two-hour minimum uh-huh. going to an all-day marathon. I've, I've been called the most under... <laughs> I've been called the most underwhelming tour guide in New Orleans, <laughs> um, as well as unique in a way I'm not entirely comfortable with. Now imagine, now imagine spending a day with that in the Big Easy. Complimentary first beer is on me. No tour is the same as all our as, as all a contour to create the most ideal experience for your particular group. Please email me and we can get started as soon as possible, which is necessary since I need to pay rent soon. Thank you very much. You know, I we make we make uh, <coughs> we make fun of a lot of people on this show. Uh, I think I'd sign up for this. Yeah, it's an honest grift. Yeah, that's that's like I. It reminds me a friend of mine in New York, a, a comedian named Rachel Kelly, spelled K A L Y, did a show which was a tour of all the places in in the city where she's had a mental <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> When you've been a tour, did you did you ever go on this tour? Guy? No, I, I didn't get to do it, sadly. But I mean, it's like it's an interesting way to experience. You know, if you really want to see it through the eyes of a local, it's an interesting opportunity. Have you ever been on a walking tour before? I've, I've been on one one time in Berlin. Um, but have, have you ever have you ever been on a walking tour guy? No, no? I quite not much I'm of a, a big walking tour guy. I haven't travelled in a very long time because um, mm-hmm. COVID nineteen. Oh and, yes, and also Moses Jenkins, uh, my son. son. But uh, whenever me and Anya used to used to travel, we used to love walking tours. But like with yeah. with uh, gu- guided by a person who was there, yeah, and in the company of other people who are visiting. Yeah. The only thing I didn't like about it was the awkwardness at the end, where it's like pay as you feel. That that mm. sends me into an absolute fucking tailspin of of what. What's your go-to payment? I can't really remember. I think like I think I think when we were traveling around, it was like twenty euro. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Which, Wish I had that money. Wish I had that kind of money to flash around there <laughs> to waste yeah. on walking tours. But then there's a the guy uh, next you've to you who's not busy investing. He's in not paying anything because he doesn't feel like well, paying anything, <laughs> and you're there with twenty ben, bloody euro. Were you on a, a walking tour when you pissed yourself in the catacombs of France? No, I don't believe I was. I think that was a solo, a solo mission. Um, because I think if you if you'd pissed yourself in the catacombs of France, and the tour guy had realised, do you think you would pay them to keep it quiet? Well, Michael, you know you're probably right. I would have because all this stuff, right? You know when you're like on a walking tour on any kind of tour, and they say something, and you're like, "Fuck, that's that's the gear." Like that—that's gear that you've like refined over time. Oh, sure. I reckon, sure. like, if I'd been on that, if there was walking tours of the Paris catacombs, I had pissed myself, uh, uh-huh. and told the guide and told knew. the guide, excuse me, I've pissed my pants, or if he just don't notice, that would definitely become gear. You know what I mean? That'd be like, now remember to oh, go to sure. the bathroom because there was this dipshit Australian <laughs> a little while ago, and then see, I, I I'd be more inclined to not pay anything for a walking tour in which i pissed myself <laughs> because i feel like that they neglected me and well know. that's actually you're right guy like one of the good things about walking tours is that they've done them so many times that like uh they they cover off a lot of contingencies at the top and you don't tend like if i if we had found a walking tour of the catacombs i reckon the first fucking thing he would have said was there are no bathrooms in the catacombs because why the fuck would there be it's just bones <laughs> do you think there's a bone toilet in there 
is something he could have said. (laughs) I also, now that you're outlining the fact that you did piss yourself in the catacombs, I'm thinking, where does personal responsibility (laughs) into this conversation? Because I'm assuming you weren't four when you did this tour. No, Ben. How old were you when you pissed yourself in the catacombs? Fuck, I don't know. Probably mid-20s. 28, 27, something nah, like that? No, mid-20s maybe? <laughs> does that make, okay. does that yeah, any... that's it. Yeah, that makes it a lot or better. Or are we yeah. at the sort of heavy cube point where anything over four, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Once you go from four and then there's like a doesn't matter zone and then you get to like 80 and you're fine again. <laughs> My one walking mm. tour experience was when I was in Berlin in maybe 2009. Um, I didn't know anyone in the city. and But everyone had told me that uh, in, in Berlin, the graffiti tours are the thing to mm-hmm. do. Um, that, you know, there's wonderful art all through Berlin, the, the street art and whatnot. And so I signed up for one at the hostel I was staying at. Um, and the, the guide turned up, he was like, we need to start really early. Um, so the, the tour started like seven thirty in the morning. And I, at the time was like, that's bizarre, but I guess like, that's just what it is. And then it turned out that the reason we had to start at seven thirty is because he had a day job. As like a fucking insurance, whatever, was, and he just wanted to get now, do it you done. Think this was his passion work? or his side hustle? Yeah, was this his I submarine think... or avatar? You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I think this was his this was his submarine. I think this was his submarine. He genuinely was um, thrilled about um, about street art in Berlin. But the thing about graffiti or street art is that. Sort of anyone can do it. Well, I don't think and that's that's technically true. <laughs> I think is that not that, is that not true of all art? <laughs> that's true. That's true. But I guess I guess it, 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 anyone can do it, and then it's just publicly seen. It's publicly available. The other thing about street art is that you can't like once you've done it, it's up there, and you can't stop anyone else from defacing it. Sure. Right. Mm. And the first thing we went to see was this huge mural. This huge, huge mural that was like this giant wolf thing. Uh, and there was like a forest. I can't remember exactly. It was just, it was a big wolf. Sounds like it made a, a real impact yeah. on you. Art's incredible. For, well, <laughs> the reason it did, the reason it did is because uh, the the bit where the guy had signed their name at the bottom or whatever, someone had just written like, had some, someone had written um, sucks underneath it. <laughs> um, and the guide, I remember he he was like, he he looked at it and was it was just like well that wasn't here yesterday <laughs> uh, I don't it, it, someone's defaced this and I remember like oh yeah that's what that's what street art it's, it's very transient it's very it's temporary. surprising to me that that we still have so many frescoes like outdoor I mean I'm sure maybe art historians who listen to the podcast will tell me that actually it's very common that like Renaissance frescoes get got defaced in the four centuries between mm. now and then but. Surely, uh, law of averages up to four hundred years. Like I'm just saying, it's strange that more more frescoes don't have dicks drawn on them, like c- contemporaneously. Well, we had a um a bus stop at Illawong. <laughs> yep. Uh, that that had that Speaking had a, a beautiful, art. yeah, a beautiful <laughs> a beautiful uh scenery that was painted on it. A beautiful like a uh, the the image of the water across the and and someone drew dicks all over it. Um, and it just didn't get painted over anything. It didn't get fixed at all. It was there for like ten years. Um, so okay. you know, I I I feel as though there's a um, it's difficult to start anything, isn't it, or create something, and then you feel vulnerable because it's it's new, and so you're at the mercy of immediate public opinion. But like, there's usually a certain time threshold when all of a sudden it's revered or respected. Yeah, and so I feel like with these old frescoes, say 
you know, people would have been doing their very crude pastel cocks on them and then they'd probably be getting edited out in real time. But now you just wouldn't do it. That, yeah. But now, you, you know, now you, you, you're getting these cocks drawn on, I don't know, everything else. <laughs> I, guy, I wonder, because you've recently released some art, which is your, um, your comedy special available yeah. on Bandcamp. Yeah. Are you worried someone will download that and then edit the word cock into it every 45 to, you and know, then re-upload it? I I hadn't I hadn't been, but you know, and also <laughs> that'd be that'd be fine by me. I don't care. Well, if you, they paid uh, for we're, it. We're, we're toward the end of the show, so if if somebody does want to do that, download it, put the word cock in there, re-upload it somewhere. Where would they go to the first step, which is obviously finding it on Bandcamp and buying it? Yeah, I mean, if you look up, uh, yeah, if you go to my Twitter or Instagram at guy underscore mond, it's in my link. Or if you just go to Bandcamp and search Guy Montgomery, you'll you'll find mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, I think I've peppered the perfect amount of the word cock through the show. So well, ag- I, again, though, I would, I would encourage, as you say, as you say, that's not up to you anymore. It's out there in the world. Yeah, I would encourage anyone. Yes, I agree. But it's different from looking at a picture and being like, this is 10 to 15 cocks short of being finished. <laughs> listen, listen to the show in its entirety and then make an informed okay, decision. That's all you ask. Okay. That's fairly so, reasonable. People should buy it, they should download it, and then I guess they would have to purchase something like a like a garage band or something if they were Apple or, or use free it. and that'll Audition. probably do Audacity's what you need. free for PC. Um. and then what I guess you could do is you'd have to like do that use that slicing tool yeah. to separate it out. And again, I'm suggesting every forty five seconds to ninety ninety well, seconds. Well, again, like and I think we it. have to sort of bow to guys' wishes here if that is after listening to it what well, you think it needs. After listening to the whole thing, yeah. right? But so you import al- that file. Also bear in mind as a free to a good home listener, this once in a lifetime opportunity, if you message me on Bandcamp at the time of purchase saying I want the slideshow I will send you a slideshow <laughs> and you can pepper that thing with as many cocks as you see <laughs> okay so and would you prefer people to use your voice saying the word cock and then cut that out and put it through or do you want their own voice the listeners or voice? a third party uh, I think I, I don't I mean they can already pull out a few cocks from this podcast yeah, actually I'm, gonna, I'm just mine. gonna provide a clean one here just uh-huh. can we just get uh-huh. a bit of room noise cock that's one that you could use <laughs> if you if you want to do that. That's a wild take so, for you. That, yeah. If you put that one in, it's going to sound like I just bulldoze over and ignore a very, very confronting heckler <laughs> <laughs> throughout the show. Um, and anyway, and then they should email it to you or just maybe DM to your Twitter account once they've uploaded it to and YouTube look, or something. Hey, why don't you just upload it to your own Bandcamp <laughs> page and we'll see who sells better. <laughs> The gauntlet has been thrown down. Now, at the risk of hypocrisy here, uh, there's a there's another comedy show that I would encourage you not to shout cock every 45 seconds during, which is the, mm-hmm. the, the, dragon, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Dragon Friends triumphant return to the comedy store. Um, COVID is vanquished and we yes. are uh, doing our first live show in what feels like fucking years. Uh, at the Comedy Store yes. this very uh, Wednesday, and there are still tickets available. So it's the 10th of November. Um, the 10th of November. And it's Ben, it's our season finale. It's our season finale. Uh, and it's going to be a real delight. Uh, if you've never seen a live uh, Dragon Friends before, uh, you can still very much enjoy it, I think, um, because it's the same goofuses you listen to on this podcast, on a stage, uh, uh, talking about different things. Could I have sold that yeah, better? Yeah, so go and see say. the 
Go and see the uh, Dragon Friends show on the 10th at the Comedy Store. Also on the 19th of November at the Comedy Store. I'm doing my um, uh, my, 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 comedy, uh, my comedy festival show from earlier in the year um, for the last time. It's the 19th of November. It's a Friday evening, 7pm at the Sydney Comedy Store. Uh, I know a bunch of Free to Good Home listeners and Dragon Friends fans were unable to get tickets the first time around because we were sold out. You can um, get tickets by Googling hey. the name of the show, which is Professor Shit's Magic Toilet. Uh, <laughs> and then the word yep. cock And on. if nothing shows up after your very first Google, I just give up. Um, yeah, probably means um, it's yeah. sold out. So that is Professor and, uh, Shit's uh, Magic Toilet Cock. Cock, 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 cock. And finally, Guy, um, your p- pornographic podcast, your soft porn podcast. Oh, uh, fuck. Thank God we just finished. Is, um, you're done now. So yeah. the, the worst idea of all time went through Adam Sandler films, it went through Sex and the City films, and now you're at, you did the Emmanuel Softcore Pornography series. I was on an episode uh, about eight months ago now. That's interesting. That's interesting. (laughs) And now it's done, so Ben won't be able to be on it? That's interesting, guys. I just assumed that because neither of us had been on it, uh, it was sort of a blanket, (laughs) no free good home, but this new information um, (laughs) does make one wonder. Yeah. It does, doesn't it? No, don't worry, Ben. It was a personal choice based on who he thought would be better. No, as a that's guest. all I'd ask. That's that's <laughs> that's that's all you can do. Yep. I, I mean, yeah. By all means, you can listen to us. Like that was a, a gr- like that was a filthy, grotesque, sort of drawn out misstep. As so many of the decisions Tim and I make as co-hosts are. I'm gonna be honest. Um, I when I did the podcast, having to watch that film and then talk to you about it, I I, I obviously would wanted to do um. The worst idea of all time for a long time because I really enjoy the podcast. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. That was a really upsetting experience, <laughs> and <laughs> I didn't have a good time. I think I was unsure as to I was unsure tonally whether uh, like <laughs> how much I could talk about the dubious sexual politics of a thing without ruining the vibe of your podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I could. Yeah. It was. It was. It was. Frankly, um, a ho- a horrible. <laughs> if you could just extrapolate that experience over one year of podcasting, Michael. <laughs> Well, that sounds like a great listen. You can find it at the worst idea of all time. Um, by, by Googling Professor Shit's Magic Toilet Cock. Uh, that's it from us. Thank you so much for joining us, Guy Montgomery. Always a pleasure. Michael, lovely to talk to you. Uh, to our Patreon supporters, thank you so much. You are doing God's work. Uh, you thank really you very, very much. God wanted more of this podcast. <laughs> and until next time. All right. Bye. Bye. If you like pina coladas and getting caught in the rain If you're not into yoga If you have half a brain If you like making love at midnight In the dunes of the cape Then I'm the love that you've looked for Write to me and escape Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.